Welcome to Sports Buds Hockey Podcast, where we discuss the ins and outs of all things hockey and where everyone's perspective is appreciated. Please welcome your hosts, Merrick Zemp and Colin Simpson. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of Sports Buds Hockey Podcast. My name is Merrick, and tonight I'm back with my bud, Colin Simpson. How are you tonight, Simps? Doing good, Mav. Doing good. Well, we're early in the season. Uh, some good results, some bad results, some definitely mixed results for some teams and exactly where they wanted to be for others. So I thought uh, we'd, we'd get into this, Simps. We'd talk a little bit about uh, our favorite teams, of course, Edmonton and, and Calgary, and then just do a, a recap of all the Canadian teams, see where they're at after the first week of the season. Nope, for sure. Uh, both of our teams kind of uh, had quick three games to start the season off. There was a lot of rest in between, so we get a quick look to see how uh, maybe the season's going to shape up. But, uh, you know, this time I think we'll start with the Flames. I think we always start with the Oilers, but they didn't deserve to other than tonight. Other than tonight, they don't deserve uh, anything, to be honest. I don't think they've even started the season, pretty much. Um so here we go with the Flames. They won their first game, obviously. Kind of talked about that against Winnipeg. Uh, Jacob Markstrom had a really big game. They got outshot. Uh, but I thought they actually played pretty well. I watched most of that game. They were skating pretty hard. Uh, a few guys got off the mark that they've been waiting to see get off the mark. Manjapani, Huberter got some points. And that was a pretty good start to the season. Uh, problem was then they ran into, I believe, the Pittsburgh Penguins. And unfortunately, a little bit of the same storyline from last year or maybe like the last couple of years where they tend to come out to a good start, get a lead. But whether it is a lack of skill or a lack of fitness or a lack of mental uh, awareness to be able to hold on for 60 minutes, Pittsburgh's just got too many weapons still. No matter how old they are, Crosby and Malkin still can get the job done. It's and a good team. It's back. a good team. They seem ready to go. They Pittsburgh this year. Um, bringing Carlson in was a big plus for them. So definitely seems like they're going to be a tough out. Yeah. So they're not expected, obviously, to uh, to beat teams easily like Pittsburgh because they are still strong. But the showing wasn't maybe as great as it could have been. And again, they just ran out of gas in the game. And I was I found that to happen a lot last year. Uh, I didn't know. Well, we always thought now after the season was over that it was, you know, players were unhappy. So, like, if you're unhappy at work, you're just trying to get it over with, more or less, right? Just get through the day or get through the game or whatever. So that brings us to game three, the third game. Uh, Unfortunately, another loss. Uh, It was a game that was uh, another Calgary lead up to nothing. They think they outshot them 18-3 to at that point in the beginning. So... I want to say they were dominating, but is it the dominating that we saw under Daryl Sutter in which the whole concept was just not make any nice plays, not try anything, not set anything up, but just throw rubber on net and then hope that the hockey gods bless you with some bounces? And it just didn't work last year and it didn't work the year before. So I'm hoping that's not going to be the same strategy this year under a new coach. Like you said, right? A couple of 2 nothing leads. That, that fell apart. Uh, you mentioned it in our last podcast. These guys had lots of posts, lots of chances for that, but also lots of one-goal games, right? So here we are early in the season. They've already got one out of three games, and they're already there again. So 
and not only a one goal game, but also a one goal game that was a loss. So it's uh, that's when you need that. Uh, like you mentioned, you need one extra goal. They needed one goal at one point. Uh, I watched one play in that game where it uh, looked like a nice tip in for Kadri went all the way down the other end and they scored. So those are they're minor things, but you know that may have changed the. It would have been three nothing going the other way. Instead, it was two one, and Washington was back in it. And when it comes to special teams in that game, that Washington game, so far I think at that point, Calgary was actually ten for ten on the penalty kill, so they're getting it done, killing penalties. But they had in that third period when it was tied two two, they had almost two back to back power plays. I think there was like forty five seconds in between the two power plays. And not a word of a lie in those four minutes. I think they spent about 15 seconds in Washington zone. Every little play was just like, it looked like they were on game seven in a nine-day road trip. So I don't know if they just came in, whether it was just like the whole Sutter thing and with everybody being unhappy, did they not work them as hard in the... uh, off season and the preseason and they're just not quite game fit compared to these other teams because Washington's a much older team and yet they were still going at the end so it's a little concerning obviously in the beginning of the year three games in you can't be that worried about it but I don't think you could be that worried about results just like with the Oilers you, like the results you can't look at it's how you played and I just feel like they played like a team that didn't look interested so a little concerning going forward. Yeah. Uh, and who's up next for them? Uh, actually, I'm not even sure who they go. Oh, Buffalo, I think. They're still on that road That's trip, right. I think. Eastern yeah, road yeah. trip. So actually, one it's more big story one. out of the one more big story out of that uh, game, which is the typical story for the Calgary Flames, because I'm seeing memes everywhere about it today of all the players that wanted out of Calgary. I saw about six of them today. And uh, was the Matthew Phillips story. Like he hadn't had any points. He made the opening roster, though, for Washington, which he couldn't even get a shot in Calgary. Uh, he didn't get any points, I think, his first game or whatever, but I think he had two or three points against the Flames. Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Obviously, he had a lot to play for in that. But could this yet be yet another small, talented player that the Flames organization gave up on too early? And we've seen that tale too many times. Under Sutter, right? And even going way back. You and I have talked about that for a long time different chances of those kind of things. So yeah, hopefully you wish him luck and you just uh, remember that he was a flame at one point. Yeah. I got lots of those guys. I can still talk about. All right. On to something I would say more fun, but it doesn't get fun at the beginning. So we'll talk about the Oilers. Uh, obviously we, we hinted at it at our last podcast an eight, one beat down by Vancouver in the first game. So of course they're going to come out with their best game. They're going to be flying. They score in the first minute of the home opener revenge game against Vancouver. What happens? They run into a hot goalie. They throw a lot of shots at him, and they don't stop anywhere near enough in their own end. So it ends up with another loss, now 4-3. So coming into tonight, uh, Evander Kane was joking about it today even. Uh, you know, hey, we're dead last in the NHL. What are we going to do? Time to, you know, time to sell the whole thing. Might as well give up. So, of course, they came out with a huge game uh, in Nashville. And they've been really, really, really hard uh, hard on Nashville in the last couple of years. A lot of big games by Dreisaitl, 
Hyman got his first career hat trick there, uh, and it was no different tonight. They were up four nothing before you know it, and uh, cruised to a six one victory over Nashville. Drysaddle again with four points. Hyman four points. Uh, yeah, goals by Fogel, goals by McDavid, uh, Nugent Hopkins. Uh, a lot of spreading it around. Um, they of course uh, just try to get the offense going, which uh, obviously seemed like it worked. They put McDavid and Drysaddle back together with Kane on the top line went hard after that and the second line got more goals than the first line so it's kind of a good win um it's a good thing to be able to do that to load up the line and still be able to rely on your second line but uh obviously i think the bigger story in this is really was campbell they did get the goals they needed of course but he really stood on his head 42 saves i think 42 or 43 saves in the end uh really good play some really big stops in close, in front of the net, all that stuff. Like he, uh, he was really bringing it today and really doing a good job for him. Yeah, I think this was an important game, not just because of the points. Uh, we're only three games in, lots of time left, but I think it goes to show how important the mental game and the mental toughness uh, of the NHL is. So when you go out in your first game, you get beat up in the first game, you came out maybe a little flat, you know, got spanked and kind of a little bit humiliated, but you kind of knew at that point, you're like, yeah, okay. It was a blip. That's not us. And then, like you said, you come back out in your next game and you come out flying and you still don't win. Well, now I don't care who you are. That starts to get into the back of your head a little, even on it's two games, but you start to think, overthink things a little going, well, is this the way it's going to be? Like, are, are we going to be dominating games and just can't get what it takes? So getting this win, a good strong win in Nashville, I think at least takes the edge off a little, takes a little bit of the pressure off for for them to go and say, hey, guys, if we do play our game, we will more often than not be rewarded with wins. And I agree that definitely some secondary scoring, but just going off the stat line you just told me, that is still very heavy on the top three. And, you know, if if, if Dreisaitl's got two, McDavid got one, Nuge's got one. So I get you get six. So that's four out of six, though, on your main guys. Uh, yeah, but so, they're, they're now spread over two lines, though, right? That's the that's kind of correct. the big part about that too. So it's not so bad. But it's still it's still three to four guys, and you got eleven you got eleven forwards and six defensemen, and it's three to four guys who are going to get most of your goals on most of your nights. That's right? a true. So Fogel Fogel is one of their their key guys for sure. I think yeah, Fogel like, McDavid. It's been yeah, but Fogel's going to get what seven goals through the season, like. That's not enough. Like they, they run into the same problem. So if you do go out and play a game like you did against Vancouver in game two and your stars aren't scoring, do you win games? Do you win games with Dry Saddle with zero points and McDavid zero points? Show me how many games the Oilers have actually won with those guys off the score sheet. Doesn't happen. We'll but you, you get lots of other teams that do. There's nights where Crosby gets nothing and Pittsburgh wins. There's nights where Avechkin gets nothing, they win. Uh, Matthews off the score sheet, Toronto wins. You know what I mean? There's just a little more depth on some of these other high-end teams. Now, maybe I'm throwing Pittsburgh and Washington a little higher than they are. I'm trying to think more in their prime days uh, when they were strong sure. teams. I felt like there was a lot more guys who would put up a 20-goal season, 25-goal season. Now, yep. that being said, you know most of the teams who are competing don't have a 1-2. So as much as I say, well, can you do it with just two guys? Well, when they're 1-2 in the Art Ross, Every maybe year. you can. Yeah, maybe you can. If the goaltending's strong enough, maybe you can. It's not the typical way it usually gets done. It's usually by committee a little more, especially come playoffs. But when you're that high of scoring 
if possible. So it is good to see that everybody gets off the mark and just gets that better feeling. Uh, and I think going forward, you're going to see a little more of that. You're going to get some blips. You're going to have games where, you know, the other goalie's hot. Uh, you just hold the stick too tight, whatever it is any, on any given night. But if you, if those guys get loose and play their game, you're going to be in the 65 to 70% win percentage. So, And you're right. It's uh, the mental part of it is really tough because you do, you do, you hold your stick tighter. You're a little more concerned. You start seeing the goalie instead of seeing the holes. Like, and that's what happens. And then before you know it, every shot hits the goalie in the chest and you can't figure out what's wrong. So yeah, like all scoring slumps have almost nothing to do with your physical play. Right. We all know that. Like when a guy gets into a slump, it's not like he's shooting any differently or he can't get any power on a shot or he can't whatever it just comes down to overthinking every little detail and those little things that you did automatically don't happen and it's just yep. a little off that's the worst part about it. it it doesn't feel like you've changed anything it doesn't feel like you've done anything different and yet somehow there's just all of a sudden there's no results uh so let's uh continue our way through let's uh next up is uh, vancouver uh, obviously, we talked about it. They went two and two and zero before tonight against the Oilers, and then lost to Philly. Uh, I don't even want to talk about them. You talk about them. Yeah, I could imagine you want to avoid the the topic of the Vancouver Canucks still for a little bit. Um, obviously, hurt. they're not going to be considered a top team. I don't believe this year. I think they're off to a hot start. I get that. Uh, I watched the first game against the Oilers. A lot of things went right. Uh, whether that continues against team after team, like Philly's not really considered a strong team. You lose to them. I don't think Vancouver is going to out of nowhere be up in the playoff hunt. I think they'll be looking on the outside. And I, I think they're getting better. But there's still such a mix of not really youth. It's not like you just have all these young guys who are coming up and give them three years and you'll be there. They've got a big mix of veterans in that. So I don't know how much better they get in the next couple of years. But, uh, but they'll compete. They do have some talent. Besser, Patterson, Hughes, they've got some talented players. So there is going to be games that they're going to come out and win, and they're going to win quite a few goals, but I don't think they'll do it consistent enough. I think it'll be uh, uh, Demko will be a big difference too. Uh, if they get him some time, I, I know that they played DeSmith against the Oilers in the second game, trying to give Demko a bit of a rest already. Uh, I think they overworked him a few years ago, so if they use him properly and actually get him some, so he's more rested as he plays through the year, that might work out well for him as well. Uh, next up, we'll go Toronto. Uh, so they won two and then lost to Chicago. Uh, the big story there is Matthews. Six goals in the first two games. Uh, typical, it made me chuckle. The media stories were, he's going to be the only guy to ever get you know three straight hat tricks and everything else. Instead of just being happy, he got six in the first two uh, but yeah, first uh, first time in a lot of years that they've actually had somebody open the season with two hat tricks. So pretty amazing, really good start for him, and he's scoring from all over the ice too. Pretty close, but uh, kind of all around the net everywhere. So uh, we could definitely see some some good numbers from him this year. Yeah, as much as I'm not a big fan of his, there's no doubt his talent. Uh, we talked about it last season on the podcast when we were talking about true goal scorers and where they sit for like goals per game. And uh, he's only adding to that right now. I saw, saw a stat. I think him and Ovechkin are the, the, the active players to, I don't know, was it top to 300 goals or something like that, the speed and so that. 
but the guy can score. Now, don't get me wrong. I did see some of his goals. There were some pretty lucky ones in there as well. But, you know, that's part of the way it works. If you're going to get 60, 70 goals a season, you're going to get some lucky ones in there. So I think he started off great. I don't know if he's played that well. I truly think the best player for the team so far this season has been Nylander. Nylander's looked amazing. Now, whether that's a contract year thing again or, you know, he always looks good, I guess, for talent-wise. But I think he's been their strongest player so far. Um, so I think they're, they're going to do the same thing they do every year. They're going to win most of their games. They're going to look unbelievable on certain nights. And then they will just gaff on other nights where against teams that they should not be losing to. And, you know, they are, when we were talking about mental toughness, this is a team that, no, despite how good they are, and they know how good they are, can't seem to get that monkey off their back. And it's always going to play in their minds. But there's no doubt they're still going to be one of the top teams in the East. And where do you think Matthews finishes? How many goals? What do you give me the uh, over under at? Uh, he's get he's gonna get over he's gonna get over. I think he's actually gonna get over sixty. Going for sixty. First yeah. guy on the Leafs to get sixty in a long time, or no, ever. Yeah. I think it was ever think, when he did it two years ago, and then last year was a bit of a he had some injury trouble and went from there. But you think he's back over sixty? You think he's winning the uh, Richard? Yes, I do. Ooh, that is a I th- great I think Toronto's pick. I think Toronto's going to have a lot of offense this year. Uh, and obviously he's going to get every minute of power play possible. Um I do think this is going to be this is one of those years where I think the team realizes that I know we say it every year but how do you keep the core? Uh but they got to be running out of kicks at the can here. And so I think this is the year that they're really going to push. So I think he uh he gets Richard. I think uh, Klingberg is actually going to help on the play or on the power play as well. I think that might uh, just a little bit more offensive defenseman that maybe gets him a few more pucks than he would have got. So that could translate into, you know, say 20, 30 more shots uh, that are good quality chances. And that could turn into him for him anywhere from five to 10 goals. So that could be a big thing. Uh, Next up is Ottawa. Uh, What do you think of Ottawa so far this year? Uh, Well, every year they surprise me. Every year I think, man, Ottawa is going to be dead last. They'll be lucky to win some games. I look at their team. I do like some of their young players, obviously. I like Kachuk. Uh, Stutzel's a stud. Like They've got some decent young talent, but I don't feel like they have any chance in their divisions. Uh, I don't think they are got enough veterans that are higher up in their levels where they need to be in order to win games consistently, but they're going to knock off a bunch of teams, and I think they could be a surprising type team, but you know, they're already two and one, I think. And uh, so they could be the type of team that gets enough wins early. I think they'll probably start better to start and then they'll taper off. And now I think they did it the last couple of years like that, too. They had some good runs and then they just couldn't hold on. Like they just start yeah. to peter out at the end when the other teams with all the experience start to win more games. Last year, I think they did a run right at the end that got them six points out something like that so they were close they were like flirting with a playoff spot but at that point they were six points out but they had to go over like four teams to get there so it's pretty tough at that point uh they do have some veterans though Giroux is still there they signed Tarasenko you know to go along with the the Sanderson's the Chikrin's all those guys like they've got a pretty solid club so I mean we'll see they are two and one but um yeah, we'll see what that looks like in another month, right? You know, as we come up to the the all-important 
American Thanksgiving date when it comes to to playoffs and kind of see where all these teams are. But not a bad start for them. They'd rather be two and one than one and two. So, uh, and then Montreal. So Montreal lost their opener to Toronto, beat Chicago, and then lost to Minnesota. So I don't know what. I mean, they're kind of up and down. Uh, they already lost Kirby Doc for the year, uh, knee injury, so he's gone for the whole season. Um, this is a guy that was going to be a, a you know a top player for him and get a lot of minutes. So uh, it'll be tough to replace him this year. Uh, obviously, the same goaltending issues and and you know all that kind of stuff. But they've got some really good young players. Yeah, they do. They have some exciting players actually with Caulfield and that. Uh, I don't. I think I don't quite rate doc as high as i think others do and i think the reason that he's already traded at such a young part of his career kind of shows that maybe he's a little more overrated when he did he was i think came out the dub uh yeah he's a big tall guy but he's slow i watch him on the ice and he is not like slow like mario type moving slow he is just lumbering type slow and that team's such a small team and fast i don't know if he's gonna fit into the style yeah you're not wrong he's gonna get lots of minutes because they don't have a lot of centerman big centerman like that so it'll hurt them in the sense that who else do you slot in but i don't think it hurts him due to his just his talent level i think it's just that you just don't have another guy to slot into that spot that's fair i don't think uh montreal is gonna make a lot of moves this year uh they're they're still rebuilding they're a few years away so they're gonna win some games they'll beat some people like you said that maybe they shouldn't and then go from there but yeah otherwise it's they're they're out on the playoffs. So it won't really be much for them. Uh, last on the team, last on the list for Canadian teams is Winnipeg. So they lost to lost to Calgary, beat Florida, and then they just lost to LA tonight with uh, Pierre Luc Dubois making his return to Winnipeg to to see all those guys. How are we doing there? Well, Winnipeg's going to be that team, that perennial, you know, eighth wild card type team. Uh, they're getting older, obviously. I don't think they have a ton of young talent coming in, but they still have a good enough team to compete consistently, game in and game out. Obviously, the big news was the make or break for them. They could have been dead last in the whole division, in my opinion, but the signing of Hellebuck and Shifley out of nowhere at the last second here uh, was a big deal that kind of changes how the rest of the team feels like if they don't sign those two, not to say that they're not still going to be there to play for this season, but how much do you care as the rest of the team when your two best players are gone in seven months and maybe at a trade deadline or something like you're not thinking playoffs. You, you've got to think to yourself, well, our team's not even looking to get to the playoffs because these guys are going to be dealt. Yeah. So seeing them locked up, think rejuvenates a team that's not super young but says to themselves you know what with these guys we have a chance to get to the playoffs and hellebuck is the type of guy who could maybe steal us around or maybe further who really knows yeah if they're a good solid club and then yeah he uh he really starts standing on his head he's a 40 save a, a night guy for sure well that's it we wrapped up all the teams um looking at these guys just uh I know it's early. I know it's whatever. Anybody actually really stood out though and impressed you more than others yet? Just from the Canadian teams themselves or for some players? Just from Canadian teams, players, whatever. Just keeping it in the Canadian market. Obviously the Canucks, uh, I know they might just be lucky ones, but to start to see their offense start to come back, I think it's kind of faltered over the last few years where everybody kind of thought Besser was done. He's going back to Minnesota. You know, Pedersen was the talk of the town for two or three straight years, and then he, it's been quiet on him. 
Uh, if that team can kind of get an offensive punch back after like losing Horvat and stuff like that, I think they could be a little more surprising than I would have gave them credit for. And it's just good to see them come out with a lot of jump. I think for me, I would just probably talk about Ottawa in general. Um, you know, a couple wins, Tampa Bay and Philly. So a decent team and a not an okay team. So a um, couple of decent wins. See if they can string a few more. And like you said, they've been a streaky team. So, you know, if you get this team, you know, lit up with a big winning streak now and get them so they're well into a playoff spot, they're fighting for a division lead for a bit, kind of give them that taste. I think you're going to see a team that's just going to start riding it and they're just going to roll with it the rest of the year. And it's just kind of going to be, yeah, I don't know. Everybody knew Ottawa would make the playoffs. You know, they've been been there all year kind of thing. And it'll just, it'll keep rolling that way. So, but. I also see them being the opposite side of that. Like you mentioned, they come out, they win a few more games and then go on an eight game losing skid. And that'll be it. Even though there's a long time to to play, they'll just, they'll kind of continue with that trajectory. Right. And that'll be it. Yep. For sure. Really looking forward to seeing how the Canadian teams do. Obviously we're continuing our drought of Stanley cups up here above the, above the border. So way too uh, long. Every year we kind of watch them a little more closely. And uh, even if they're not our favorite teams, you know, you kind of root them on. So we're going to spend a bunch of time this year uh, covering them as much as we can. Maybe that'll help them out. <laughs> Push one of these teams over the top. We got to do something for them. Anything we can do. Uh, I just want to add one more side note. Like no matter what you do, no matter what they do, once again, Boston 2-0 and starting the year fast. Like, what is with those guys? I don't understand it. They're 100 years old. Their best players retire, and they just come out 2-0 anyway. So, I don't know. At some point, they're going to lose, but I don't know when it's going to be. No, it just goes to speak to that organization, though. I feel like you could just keep flopping players in and out of there through the years, and somehow they seem to churn out a competitive team no matter what. So, good on them. Yeah, they seem to make the right deals. They sign the right players. They, you know, Their farm team keeps developing. Like, it just... Yeah, just kind of keeps working. So, all right. Uh, so at this point, I just want to say thank you all for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, we're glad to be back. Uh, we're really loving the Canadian content this year. It's going to be a, a big plus for us and, and really something we want to dig into a little bit more. So the current episode and all previous episodes of Sports Buds Hockey Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Or you can check us out at www.sportsbuds.com or join our Facebook group, Sports Buds Hockey Podcast. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think, what we got right, what we got wrong. And of course, always let us know why. We love the game of hockey and there's always so much to learn. It's been a lot of fun doing this for you guys. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Sips. Thanks, Mab. Thanks, everyone, for listening. <laughs>